Good evening and welcome to today's live episode of Dazed and Confused, my three times a week live show where I chat to you about social media, about video and all the stuff that you could be doing for your brand and your business to make sure people are talking about you. Uh, today we're going to talk about how you can get more views on your video content, not necessarily on your live video content, but on the video content that you create for your brand and your business, how you can get more views on your videos. So if you want to know more about that, stick around. That's what we're going to talk about. The Social Media Podcast with Simon Scholes. Tips, hints, and great content ideas. First things first, though, who am I to tell you anything? Uh, well, I'm Simon Scholes. I'm the founder and creative director of Perception Studios. We're an award-winning visual marketing agency. We help brands and businesses create content that makes them stand out on social media. Now, that does include video, animation, aerial work, all sorts of stuff. And uh, a few years ago, it became very obvious to me that not every brand and business was necessarily in a position to spend money on having content created on a regular basis. But I still wanted to be able to help them create content. So what I did was I sat down and went through a process I've used myself. I've used it with clients. I've spoken about it on stage and I turned that process into a book called it How to Nine Times Your Social Media. And it's basically a process that is everything from content planning all the way through to content creation and podcasting and everything else that goes on in between as well. So I'm just here to try and help you start creating content. If you want to create content for your brand, for your business, for free, my second favorite four-letter word in the world. You ever want to watch my content on a regular basis, or you can go download my book, my former number one book. It's available in the section below in the Amazon bargain bin basement thing for 99p. Uh, so you can go get a copy of it there. But anyway, good evening to you. Thank you very much for joining me. If you're watching the live, uh, we are live currently on Twitter, Periscope, YouTube, and on Facebook as well. Uh, so thank you very much for joining me and just say hello, whatever channel you're watching on. And uh, if you've got any questions at all that you want to ask, we'll go through them after I've done um, today's subject matter. So just stick them in the comments. They'll pop up on my screen just down here and uh, I'll see them and then we can go through those afterwards. Okay, so how do you get more views on your video content? So this is a, this is a difficult one because there's, there's no real magic solution to getting more views on your video content, but there are things you can do to aid your content getting a better viewership. And these are multiple things. So what I would suggest right now is grabbing yourself a pen and paper so that you can write some of these things down. These are things that I've known about for years. I've spoken about with other people. When I had Alan Spicer on the show, he's a YouTube expert. He spoke about these things as well. So we know that these things truly do work if you are consistent doing these as well as creating the content. <clears throat> so the first thing we're going to talk about is the titling. Now, you can put videos on Facebook and on YouTube. And what you want is for your piece of content to be the one that people actually want to click on and watch. So what you've got to do is come up with a really interesting title, something that's really going to capture their attention but something that isn't clickbaity. In the past, obviously, clickbait really worked back in like about eight or nine years ago, 10 years ago, especially on YouTube. You could put something specifically clickbaity into your title and it would force a lot of people to click on it because they would be searching those particular words and they would just click on your content, whether it contained it or not. And so you'd get lots and lots of views. However, the thing is, clickbait really doesn't work. 
because clickbait's not the way forward, is it? Let's be honest. You don't want to cheese off your audience. You want your audience to actually watch your content prolonged. You want them to watch all of your content. But if you're clickbaiting, then they're not going to watch for very long. So what they're going to do is they're going to dive in, click through, not find what they're looking for, and then dive back out of your content, which means the algorithm is going to see that their retention time on your content isn't very good, whether that's on YouTube or on Facebook or on Vimeo, Dailymotion, all these other video sites. So you've got to make sure your title is actually something that is within your video. And most importantly of all, especially when it comes to apps and channels like YouTube, 50 characters is what you've got to play with. That's what people are going to see when they're typing into the apps to see different content. They're going to see the first 50 characters of your title. So if you can fit the entire title of your video into 50 characters, you're really onto a winner because then they get a whole total overview of exactly what they're going to see within your content. So can you get it into 50 characters? So that's what you've got to be thinking about with your title is what is it my video is about and how am I going to make what my video is about interesting enough for people to want to click to watch the whole thing? The next thing that's really important for people to see to make them click through to your content is the thumbnail. Thumbnails probably supersede the title because thumbnails are the thing that really draw people's attention in. Once they've seen the thumbnail, then they're more likely to see the title. So the thumbnail's got to be really eye-catching. So are you better off just taking a screenshot like I've got right now? Or are you better off creating something specific to your channel that's really going to make people stand out? And if you are your brand, if you are your content, then actually having your face nice and big in that is really important. And also, you don't necessarily have to have the title of your video in there because 50 characters is a lot to squeeze into a thumbnail, but maybe a word economized version of your title put onto the thumbnail or the most important part of what your video is about put into your thumbnail. So you get what I'm trying to say. You've got to make this eye-catching. You've got to make this appealing to people. You're not EastEnders. You're not Coronation Street. You're not um, you're, you're not Gary Vaynerchuk. You're not Grant Cardone. You're not Mel Robbins. You are you and you are the best you there is but in all the best will in the world, without an audience, people aren't going to click your content straight away. So you've got to make it appealing enough for people to want to click your content without making it clickbaity. Again, clickbait does not work unless that clickbait is within the video, in which case it's not clickbait. It's what the video is about. So even if you are a female and you have a very low cut top and you flaunt all that kind of stuff, which... A lot of people do, don't get me wrong. And it's in the video, then I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying it's the right way to go about getting an audience, but that's not clickbait. And I suppose, yeah, you could even put it into your thumbnail. And so it's not really clickbait because it is actually there. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to get into the rights and wrongs of that, but thumbnails are really important as well. So the next thing, basically, we're going to just work our way down through the video. So the next thing that people come across is your description. This is going to really make a big difference on YouTube and on Facebook. So when people are searching a piece of content, specifically on their desktop or on their laptop, not so much when they're doing it on their phone, they will get to see the first three lines of the description of the video. So you've got to make sure the first three lines are really catching. 
Now, the algorithm likes to see the title of the video within the first three lines. So make sure you do that. Then you've got to try and get as much description about the video into those three lines as you possibly can do. So if you're cooking a great brownie, so your title of your video could be how to make the world's greatest brownies. And then your description would be, in today's video, I'm going to teach you how to make the world's greatest brownies using just a few ingredients like eggs, chocolate powder, whatever. And so that would fit into the first three lines so that when people are scrolling through on their laptop or on their desktop and they're searching for how to make a brownie and you've got this great thumbnail and you've got the title, how to make the world's greatest brownies, and then your description actually kind of sums up the video pretty succinctly, but in the first three lines, then they're more likely to click through. And then when they click through, they can see the rest of your description. And the rest of the description can be more descriptive about what the content's about. Maybe take them through the whole process of how you make the world's greatest brownies. Maybe take them through every single step, all that kind of stuff, all the weights and the grammages and, and whatever it takes to make a brownie. I'm not a baker. I do the cooking. I don't do the baking. Um, but put everything that you can into the description. Make it really descriptive. The other thing to put into description is something that's it's not new, but it is being used by YouTube in a different way now, and that is timestamps. This is something Alan Spicer spoke about before. Timestamps are really, really important because what they're doing is cataloging what you're talking about on those timestamps within Google search. So if you're teaching people a new way of mixing their brownie batter, then you sure as hell want to make sure there's a timestamp for that within your description. So that when people search for how to mix batter, uh, brownie batter on Google, your video could potentially pop up as the one thing for them to go and watch. And what it will happen is they will click it and it will take them to the direct timestamp that you've put in your description saying is about mixing the world's greatest brownie batter. So you're getting what I'm saying here. You've got to be really descriptive, put in those timestamps of the different segments of your videos, whatever your video might be about. Then we get to the point which is probably just as important as the description because you want more people to follow you on other social media channels. Remember, remove the friction, putting your content in different places. So you want to link up your other social media channels. But you also want potentially brands or other businesses to be interested in having a chat with you. So make sure you put your email address in there as well. So you're going to have a link, a, a list of links that are things people can use to get in touch with you or follow you in other places. Could be your website, could be your Facebook page. If you're not posting it on Facebook already, it could be a YouTube page. It could be LinkedIn. It could be Snapchat. The one thing you've got to be really absolutely sure of when you put in links, not your email link, but when you put in, in actual links to make them clickable, to make them a hyperlink when people go to your videos, you have to put in the HTTP colon forward slash forward slash before anything. Otherwise, the link will not be clickable. And then it will just be a dead link on your page connected to nothing. And the whole thing about putting clickable links into your description is that Google will then see this and help it with the rankings of your content, be it on your website or on your Facebook page or on your YouTube page or wherever it might be. Obviously, YouTube even better because it's owned by Google. But if you've got a website for your business, then you could embed the video from YouTube into your website and then link your website to 
the video through the description, and Google will see that and go, oh, well, there's a video here. Oh, and it's got that website link. Oh, and that's that website there that's connected to that. And it kind of starts to join the dots and goes, okay, this person knows what they're doing. They're connecting all the dots and making sure Google are seeing all their stuff. We'll make sure we rank it for that. So make sure your description links, everything that's in there, have all the link part that you actually need. HTTP or HTTPS, colon, forward slash, forward slash, and then the rest of your website link, whatever that might be. Okay, we're going to move on to tagging now. This is something that a lot of people really don't use on Facebook. More people use it on YouTube. They're getting better at it. Still a lot of people don't. But Facebook is one of the places where most people just don't bother at all. And there is an ability to do tagging on Facebook. Now, you can't do as many as you can on YouTube, but you still need to be tagging your content. You still need to be making it possible for somebody to search it. So you need to think of, I think it's about six Hashtags, you can use six tags that you can use on Facebook. You can use up to 500 characters worth on you on YouTube. On Facebook, I think it's about six full ones. So you've got to think really carefully about what you want people to find you under when they're searching for that content. Because they're not necessarily searching for you. They're searching for what the content is about. So what is the pain that you're removing with your piece of content this particular time and then make it easy for them to find that piece of content? When you go live like this, Facebook doesn't put any tags in. So what I will do is after I've been live is I will go back into my content and I will change the tags that are within there and I will put some new tags in. I will upload a new thumbnail, all the important things to really make sure that people are able to click my content easily and understand what it is about when they're first searching and see me pop up on their screen. So tagging, really important. Really break down your content. Don't just go really wide. Just because, for example, I'm a social media coach, I would put social media coach in there, but then who do I want to appeal to? Okay, small business social media coach, Berkshire social media coach, Hampshire social media coach, Hampshire content agency, all those small little niches that people might actually search for on YouTube. I want to make sure that my content is one of those things that's going to be popping up that people are going to find. So make sure you really think about your tags very, very carefully. And if you need to know more about tagging, as with all of this, you can always book a one-to-one -one with me. Uh, the link is available on my website, which is available in the section below. Go click on that, book some time in with me, and then we can actually go really deeper into your brand and your business's specific tags that you should be using. But obviously, you need to change them on a regular basis as well. You need some generic ones that get used on your content all the time because you want to be found under those all the time, especially if you've got your own mission statement hashtag, which is something I spoke about yesterday on the podcast. And then you need more specific hashtags, tags, meta tags, whatever you want to call them, that are specific to that piece of content that you're putting out. The final thing is it's not an essential, but it's a really nice to have and it will help your content reach a wider audience. And it's something that all the platforms are now doing automatically, but it's not automatically always correct. It's captions or subtitles. Now, for me personally, it's not something I do every single time because it does cost. There is a cost attached to everything that is pretty decent for you to, to do. But if you have the money available, definitely look at using apps like Rev 
and all the others that are available out there as well. I use Rev.com. I have a link in the section below that you can go and check out, and it will put captions onto your – well, it won't put captions onto your video, but they'll provide you with a file to put captions onto your videos. So they'll provide you with what's called an SRT file, and it will give you a caption – link that you can then upload to Facebook or to YouTube, or when you're uploading your video to LinkedIn, it will give you an SRT file that you can use then, or you can use that SRT file and burn the captions directly into your video before you upload it anywhere. But it's a really, really cool website. Definitely check it out if you've not taken a look at it, rev.com. The link below will save you a bit of money, and also it is an affiliate link, so I'll get a bit of a kickback, which would be great if you do use it. If you don't, that's fine, whatever, uh, but please do if you're uh, looking at doing captions. They have lots of different options for you. So what I think is really great about Rev is that, number one, they'll give you a cheap version, which is like $0.25 cents a minute, um, then they've got the like the top dollar version, which is pretty much 99% of the time right, which is $1.25 a minute. And then they have international translations, which I think is a really important tool for a lot of people. So you can have your normal captions, but take a deep dive into your analytics at some point. Where are the people who are watching your content from? Now, if you're an English-speaking channel and mostly English-speaking people are watching your content, brilliant. But if you're an English-speaking channel and maybe it's people over in the Czech Republic watching your content or they're over in Bali watching your content, then maybe it's worth speaking to the guys at Rev or looking at what they have to offer and getting a translation created of your English subtitles to get your English ones done as well, but then getting a translation version so you can upload multiple captions to things like YouTube where people can then watch in the language that they want to watch in, in their country. So if you've got like a 70% audience over in Bali, then getting Indonesian as a language put translation and captions is kind of invaluable because people can then enjoy your content, but also really understand the intricacies of what you're talking about when you're saying something that may be a little bit confusing. Right, that's it. Those are my top tips on how to get better views on your videos. We'll maybe talk more about this as we go through the week, maybe content and actually the quality of it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't want you to get all caught up in that. So that's why I've not spoken about it today. I just want you to try and start using some of these things that I've spoken about. Anyway, I'm going to disappear. Thank you very much for watching. If you are brand new to my content, it would be amazing if you could hit the subscribe button, whether you're watching on the live right now or on the replay or you're listening to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Maybe even share this content with your audience so that your community can get some value from what I've been talking about. And until Wednesday when I'll be back again around about midday-ish, uh, thanks ever so much for watching. And uh, please, in these crazy times, even though some of the rules have been slackened a little bit today in the UK, continue to stay safe and have a good one. And I'll see you on Wednesday. See you soon. Bye. This was a Perception Studios production.